Okay. Um, cool. Well, let us start. Let's start. I'm just going to... Y'all, I'm excited about this. For real. This is going to be so cool. Um, so let's start. Let's read. Let's read a couple verses in the Bible. Hopefully you guys brought your Bibles, not just your phones, because people died for you to be able to have one of these. They're a big deal. You think that's a long time ago. People died today for this thing. So Hebrews 12, 14 and 15 says this. Yeah, this is sick. Hebrews 12, 14 and 15. Strive for peace. I'm going to read this one. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Dang. Okay. Y'all know that verse? It's a pretty common verse, right? <laughs> like, Wait, is that in the Bible? Um <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, so we're going to talk about it. I'm just going to jump into this, y'all. This is, I'm so excited about this. So there's three, there's three main things that everybody here has, is, or will struggle with, okay? There's three things, pretty easy. Um, the first one is sex and immorality, okay? But I'm not going to talk about that tonight. The second one we call unyielded rights, like like yield sign, unyielded rights. Those are those are good things that we have made to be everything. Okay, so it could be a good thing, like a career or um, a relationship or um, even even like peace or faith or something like that. That you make everything. You make this the thing. And you and you won't and you won't let go of it even if God asks you for it. Okay, unyielded rights. And then the third thing is what we're going to talk about tonight. And it's hurt and bitterness. Okay, hurt and bitterness. I am going to fight. This is a heavy topic. I'm going to fight so hard. I'm not going to make light of it, but I'm going to try to have fun with this as much as I can, because otherwise it is going to be dead silent in here. So help me with this. If I'm telling a story, help me out, okay? Um, yeah, so this is this is awesome. So what we call this is, we call this, a, it's like a cycle. Um, the bitterness cycle, there we go. So I've heard it called multiple things. I told Sean to pick one, and I will flow with that one. This is called the bitterness cycle, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight, okay? So let's get into this. Let's pray first. Jesus, we love you. God, would you would you speak through me, Father God? You've you've spoken to me about this a lot lately, even today, God. Lord, would you speak to everybody here, Father God? Help them have ears to hear your voice. Help them to have open hearts, God. If they don't believe in you, Lord Jesus, I pray that they would have open hearts to hear something some kind of truth, God. We're all searching for truth. Would you speak tonight, Jesus? Lord God, this is for each one of us, God, even me. Help me. Help me to hide behind you, and you can speak through me, Lord. We love you. You're going to pray. Amen. All right. So, called the bitterness cycle. All you got to do tonight, super easy. All you got to do is, do is draw a circle. At the top of the circle, super. can anybody do that? 
pretty much like the, you can't even draw a line straight. You can draw a circle. Um, yeah, so right hurt at the top and put the line. Okay, we're going to start with her. Like I said, we're just going to jump into this. Everybody gets hurt. If I said raise your hand and you didn't raise your hand, you're a liar. Or you're confused because your parents locked you in a basement or a cave and that's hurt. Okay, they hurt you. So everybody here is hurt. I don't care what you say. All right. I think everyone will agree with that. And the easiest and most common way to deal with hurt has been what I like to call the frozen method. Okay. Someone gets hurt or hurts somebody. And then what do they do? Just like our friend, Princess Elsa, she locks herself in a room. She conceals. She doesn't feel, right? <laughs> that is it, okay? This, and this is, this is, like, really a good idea. Like, this is a half good idea. She will never get hurt, and she will never hurt anybody ever again, right? Perfect. I mean, that makes sense, and that's what a lot of us do. Hold on one second. falling down okay so it's half good all right it works it is 100% foolproof you will never be hurt you lock yourself in a room you don't talk to your parents they die you don't even know it that's awesome right like like your sister's crying outside your door you don't hear it it's like it's all good you know what I'm saying so this is one way to do it and this is very very common I've done this before probably all of us have the other half of it is that you will never learn to love anybody. You'll never have any good relationships. You'll never have any relationships, and you'll never learn to trust anybody, okay? So you callous yourself so much, yes, you don't get hurt, but also you never experience anything good. You know what I'm saying? All right. So these are some questions. I really hope these are up here. Okay, thank you, Lord. Because I was like, man, y'all take a picture of this. Like, like take a picture of this. I was like, if I have to say these out loud, it's going to take like 45 minutes just to write them down. Okay? So the first one, I will read them. But if I had to like wait for everybody, even I would take forever. Do you constantly think about something bad that happened to you and the person that did it? And these are just signs of hurt. Okay? Answer these questions honestly, and you will answer all of them with an affirmative answer. Okay? Like, like for real. Do you find yourself continually referring to someone in a degrading fashion because of some past hurt? Could have been 25 years ago, and you're still like, well, that, you know what, like, you're still talking about them bad. It's like, man, this is, they just didn't give you a sucker. Like, chill out. Uh, <coughs> do you, the third one, do you intentionally avoid certain people because you find yourself becoming annoyed and angry in their presence? Yes. Do you find that your dislike of someone is growing over time? Okay. Oh, Blake. What person in your life... <laughs> it's okay. What person in your life do you trust the most? And you cannot answer Jesus. Okay? Think of someone else. And the same for the last one. Who is the person... Who is the one person in your life you would least like to be like? And you cannot say the devil or Hitler. Okay, someone that you have met. Those are, those are very good answers. But be honest. Be honest. So, Hurt, you look at these questions. I looked at these questions. I read them in a book. Um, and, and they're so 
good, right? You're like, oh man, I, I wish I wasn't answering these the way that I am. And I wish I wasn't answering them like with the long lists that I'm answering in each one, you know, like there's so many things that I'm hurt by. But because everyone's been hurt, we all have two choices to make, okay? And the first choice we're going to look at is the next one. It's called bitterness, okay? Bitterness. Bitterness is just a response to hurt. I'm going to talk about two types of bitterness. Well, just listen. Bitterness occurs when someone does something bad to you, okay? You get hurt, you respond with bitterness. Offense, okay, the opposite, it's not the opposite, it's like really similar, occurs when someone doesn't do something for you that you thought they would or you thought they should, okay? I'm going to talk about both of these tonight, but I'm just going to call both of them bitterness because I don't feel like saying bitterness and offense the rest of the night, okay? Bitterness. Your response, there's a guy, his name's John, I think it's Bevere. He, uh, he wrote this book called The Bait of Satan, and it's one of the only books I've ever heard about bitterness. It's awesome. And he says this, your response determines your future. The way you respond to hurt will determine your future, your destiny. So if I have two cups, one is a cup full of honey, and then I have another cup, and it's full of acid, Okay, like dangerous kind, not just like Sprite. Um, when, I, when I pour out, when I kick the cup of honey or I pour it out or I spill it or crush it or whatever, what comes out? Yes. And what happens if I do the same thing to the cup of acid? What comes out? Acid comes out, right? It's not its fault. It just has to happen. It's its natural response. If it's kicked, honey spills out. If the other one's kicked, acid spills out, right? Okay. This is crazy. It's the same thing for us. What's inside you reveal is revealed when something bad happens to you, okay? So when you're hurt, you're driving along, and, uh, man, it was crazy driving today, okay? And... People are slamming their brakes on, turning, not turning, turning out in front of you, right? And then you see this kid running out, and, you know, this kid runs out in the road, and you're like, you know, you like start cussing him out. And you're like, oh, you got your mom in your car with you. And you're like, oh, I am so sorry. I did not mean for that to happen, right? That's what you say. Or if you're by yourself, you're like, yeah, that's what I meant, kid. But. So, so this stuff that's inside of you is coming out regardless, right? Bitterness tends to come out through our words because that's what we're full of. What we really mean to say, not I'm sorry that that happened. What I really mean to say is if I cuss a little kid out and I say that and then I'm like, oh, this is the truth. I am sorry and embarrassed that you saw what I'm really like. Okay. So that's what happens. When you kick a cup of honey, good stuff comes out. When you kick a cup of acid, that comes out. So look at this verse we read. Hebrews twelve fifteen. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by it many be defiled. Dang. You are blessed. Um... 
our lives are going to produce fruit inevitably. Whatever, it's just going to happen. Our lives produce fruit, okay? Whatever's inside of us is going to come out. And so if you look at like a tree, and, and the Bible calls bitterness a root, if you look at a root, you can't tell, I mean, unless you're like some kind of baller, you know, person that knows a lot about plants, unlike me, I don't know what root something is, right? I don't know if this is a apple root or whatever, right? But if you show me the fruit, I'm going to be like, that's an apple, you know? I know that. I'm like really good at, at naming that um, <laughs> for the most part. But when you when you look at a root of bitterness and you have a root of bitterness, your fruit is going to be harvested. What's that going to look like? It's just going to be hate. It's going to be anger, outrage, jealousy, resentment, strife, bitterness, and hatred. Okay? That's when you have a bitter root. Perversion, filth, godlessness. Okay? Those are all fruit that comes from a root of bitterness. If you have a good root, then you'll have a harvest of love, joy, peace, patience, right? Kindness, gentleness. The fruit of the Spirit is the outcome of a good root. Does that make sense? So A.W. Tozer says this. He says, what I am in my deep heart of hearts is what I am, not what I seem to be. If you want to be seen as what you really are, then you must put away the root of bitterness. You have to. If you want to be seen as a good person or someone who's not bitter, then you have to uproot bitterness in your life. Does that make sense? Okay. So we're going to look really quick at uh, a few of the, like, the fruit of bitterness. The first one's physical. So, like I said, I'm really good at naming produce. If you show me something, I'll be able to tell you that's a lemon, okay? <laughs> I'm just kidding. But it's the same thing with bitter people. If you look at a bitter person, you will immediately be able to tell it, for the most part. Unless it's, like, like from the past couple days. If it's a couple years or so of bitterness, you can tell because they'll have hard features They'll have a tight jar of lips and hollowed out eyes. This is the person that you see. You go to a party a couple years after you graduate from high school, and you see, like, like if you're a guy and you, like, see a girl, there's two, there's two ways this can go, right? You, like, see her. It's been a couple years, and you're like, dang, she looks good, you know? Or if they're bitter, you're like, this is, the, like, the same words, but it's just a different tone. You're like, dang, what happened to her? You know, you're like, she looks terrible, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, this is this is for real stuff. And so it's a physical, physical features can change through bitterness. This can, this can like, move to emotional and spiritual things. Um, another sign of a bitter person is a lack of concern for others. They only care about themselves. They are very sensitive, incredibly sensitive, and easily offended. Okay, I'm going to tell you guys, I had an experience one time with both of those things. Okay, it was not good. I was a sophomore, first semester, my sophomore year of college. Y'all, I did not care. I didn't care what classes I was taking as long as I had a baller schedule. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm not trying to go home. I want a lunch break. I don't care. So I signed up like blindly. 
I signed up for, I took a philosophy class my first year, got an A, so I was like, okay, well, let's go with philosophy. So I, said, I, I just picked it. I didn't look at what it was. It's just like philosophy 333 or, or something like that, okay? And so I, finally, I signed up for it, didn't care. I was like, that is the time slot I need filled. Let's go. It's on this, you know, it's like in this area. I'm good to go, okay? And then I get my schedule, and it's, you know, it says like the actual name of the class, okay? Philosophy of death and dying. And it was worse than it sounds, like for real. Like this, this was the class you walked in, and like this class is like nice. Like you could talk about hard subjects in here, and it's like it's kind of a warm color in here. Like this class was like, like puke green lighting, and you walked in, it smelled bad. It's kind of in this basement area. And, and to get to it, you had to walk past taxidermy. Okay, remember this is in Texas, but you had to walk past a bunch of dead animals. And so I'm like, oh, my gosh, dude. So I'm, like, walking to this class, and I, like, get in there, and it's, it's not like this. It's like, a, it's like a normal classroom with desks. And I, like, look. You know, it's your first day. You're like, where am I going to sit? I usually decided to sit towards the front because I'm a good student. But I'm like, all right, I don't want to sit by them. They look like they just worked out. Definitely want to sit by them. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're, you're kind of making where you want to sit. And so I see it. I see I, like, walk in, and I'm like, oh, shoot definitely don't want to sit there. This is girl, all these things, hard features, tight jar lips. Okay. I'm not, I wasn't, I'm still not, but I was definitely not the nicest person then. So I was judging a book by its cover. She had like a black hood on and I'm like, I don't want to sit by her. I'm going to sit over here. Um, I'm pretty sure she had a cat that she was kind of like doing this to or something <laughs> like that. I'm just joking. So so, so bitter people are easily offended and incredibly sensitive, okay? Okay, not a good place to be bitter in the philosophy of death and dying. I will explain this to y'all. Section by section, we talked about abortion, euthanasia, um, like personhood, like should you pull the plug on someone if they're brain dead, like all these, like I'm telling y'all, it's not a fun class at all, death penalty, like all these things, okay? So I'm sitting in there. And every time we start a new section, I figured out after the first time, I'm like, dude, we're going to get out of class in like five minutes. This is going to be awesome because this bitter lady was so overly sensitive and could not handle any opinions against hers that she would literally stand up, start crying, start cussing everybody out. And our teacher was like, all right, y'all need to get out of here. Y'all need to figure out how to be able to talk to each other. And we were like, we do know how to talk to each other. And so that's like, okay, y'all see what I'm saying? I'm not trying to put this lady under the bus, but like for real, bitter people, this is what they look like. Does that make sense? They're super sensitive, so easily offended. You can tell it in the way that they look. Another way you can tell is they're very possessive with just a few friends. And, and you may have been this person. You might be this person now. Um, you're very possessive with just a few friends. This is a guy who, I mean, he, he's like, he's like, okay, at first, and then he gets a girlfriend, and it's like, oh my gosh, like to be around them is so awkward because he's like, he's like, who you been talking to today, you know, or like, oh, you gotta call your brother again. What are you in love with him? It's like, dude, this this is her brother. Like, chill out. Like, it's okay. He's like looking at her phone, like, like asking you, stressing out. Like, do you think she's cheating on me? Who's she with? Like all this stuff, right? Like this stuff is crazy. And then he says, he's so, he's so connected to her, and he's so afraid of losing her. He says, if I ever lose her, I will just kill myself, right? You've heard this before, okay? Maybe. 
If you have, get away from them. But, or love them. It's up to you. Um, does that make sense? Like, you see all these things. This is, these are all fruits of being bitter. Another one, this will be the last one I talk about. There's like a bunch, but um, they avoid meeting new people, okay? They are so afraid to be hurt again. They're so concerned and bitter towards what that one person did to them that one time that they will not ever trust anybody again. And this is why bitterness is so dangerous. Bitterness destroys one of God's most precious gifts, and that's community, okay? Brotherhood, sisterhood. If you've been in small group for more than a couple weeks, you understand how big a deal this is. This is why I am here today. This is why I walk with God today. Community. You say, a bitter person says, you hurt me, so I'm closing my heart to you. I'm not going to let you through again. And they put up invisible walls. Okay? Put up invisible walls. There's all kinds of other ones. Typically, you just end this with like mood swings. So you're really excited one day if you're bitter and then you automatically, something reminds you of, of that person or that time or, or whatever happened to you. And then you're like just strung out like depressed. Okay, so you have terrible, terrible mood swings. Sorry. Um, yeah, and then, and then this is, so this is what bitterness looks like, okay? This is what the fruit of a bitter life looks like. Not that exciting, right? You do not, you're like, like no one's going to say, oh, yeah, I guess I'm okay with that. You know what I'm saying? Like this is, this is something that we all fight against. And so what bitterness does, if, if you continue to grow in bitterness, which is what happens, you will inevitably begin the next step, and that is rebellion. Okay? The bottom of the circle, rebellion says bitterness isn't proportional to the magnitude of the offense it's only proportional to the intimacy of the one who hurt us okay what does that mean it doesn't matter how bad someone hurts you it's who hurts you at all does that make sense so if someone I'm very close to or sorry if someone if I'm walking on you know on high street and someone's like you're a liar you know I hate you then I'm like, all right, man, that's cool. And I'm not going to go home and be like, I'm a liar. He hates me. You know, I'm like, that's not going to bother me. But if, but if I come home and Katie says the same thing to me and she's like, you're a liar. I hate you. I'm going to be like torn up. You know what I'm saying? Like grief, we say grief is proportional to intimacy. It hurts worse the closer you are, the more that you love somebody. Okay. So rebellion, you begin to rebel against the person that hurt you. You can't stand to even be around them. If, if they're talking to somebody and they're, if they're not talking to you, then it hurts, right? You're like, man, this is just like, this is the worst. You can't stand, even if, they're, if, even if you're not talking to them and you're in the same place, you can't stand it. It's this filter that you begin to see them with. And you say, you are the one that hurt me. I am going to do everything I can to hurt you back, Okay. It's, I, said, I heard it like this. I think E. Stanley Jones said this. He said, like in rebellion, bitterness is drinking poison, expecting the other person to die. Okay? Bitterness is drinking poison, is expecting the other person to die. All it does is hurt you. You see these things. You, you, you go through these experiences. And, and like I'm, I'm going to say this a couple times, but like don't think I'm making light of hurt, Okay? 
Everybody gets hurt. This is just our response to it. Does it make sense? Like this is this is like this is anything from someone that like stepped on your toe to like molestation. Like all like everything in between. Like I'm not saying anything of this stuff is okay, but our response is up to us. Okay? So in rebellion, you become so obsessed with what happened to you in the past that your future can never actually develop healthily. You're so upset with what happened to you that anything, any growth that you have is stunted or perverted or anything like that, okay? Winky says it this way. I think it's going to be up here. Yeah, it's pretty long. But it's just like an idea. Many people use bitterness for revenge. That's why we hold on to it sometimes. I'll show you, and you're really going to be sorry. But who's sorry first? You're the one who's killing yourself. You're not only hurt spiritually and emotionally, but physically as well. Bitterness and resentment often bring all sorts of medical problems, such as ulcers and high blood pressure. People who carry deep bitterness around can't even enjoy a great meal. They sit down to eat, but all they can think of is the person who hurt them. They might as well be eating cardboard. Bitterness robs you of joy. <laughs> deep, deep-seated bitterness can be, it can destroy you physically. I mean, I mentioned a couple ways, but I mean, what Kay talked about a couple weeks ago, anxiety, depression, all these things. If you have deep bitterness, those things are going to happen. They're, they're, they're just going to happen. Um, I heard a story of, I think it was, it was kind of a similar thing where this girl was kind of like really, like really bitter, deep seated bitterness, but she was like obsessed with her boyfriend. Right. And, and he like, he was like, I gotta get out of here. So he did. And, and he broke up with her. And then she ended up needing like two hip replacements and she was like less than 30 years old. That's something that it, it aged her 40 to, to 30 to 50 years. Her body was like being destroyed because of the bitterness that was inside of her. This is, this is like real stuff, y'all. So rebellion, and then it goes to deception. It's the last one, and then it's over. No, and then it just starts again, okay? So deception, you begin to believe that every, this is like, this is so crazy. We talked about deception like a couple months ago, but you believe that everything that the person who hurt you is doing is an aggressive attack against you. You know, how dare they go through the drive through you know, or, or like, how dare they need to take a nap today? This is, this is crazy. You know, all these things are like, like, how could they do this to me? All these things. And I, and I say it's like kind of silly, but I mean, you might've heard that before. How dare they, uh, you know, take the day off or something like that. It's like, man, it's okay. Just, they're just taking the day off. It doesn't have anything to do with you. And so this is where deception happens. You start to believe so many things that are not true until you start to believe this. You justify what you do, even the worst things. They're not that bad. Com- you say they're not that bad compared to what happened to you. Okay, so you know what? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm addicted to heroin, but you ha- you don't know what this person did to me. Or yeah, this is how I treat my wife, or this is how I treat my girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever. But you don't know what happened to me, right? heard that before or just anything like that you justify what you do that's wrong because of what's happened to you and so deception transfers all responsibility but in reality you're still responsible for everything that you're doing you're just trying to get the blame off of you we say 
you become what you behold. What you think about the most is what you're going to become most like. So if you hate somebody because they hurt you, you will become most like them. For sure. If, if I don't share something with you and then you get me back by not sharing something with me, who are you acting like? You're acting like me, right? You're just trying to get me back, but, but what, we, what we say, just drinking poison. You become what you behold. If you don't believe me on this, I've got like, this was like crazy. So Heather talked about it, like broken homes, right? It's like really serious stuff. I don't even want to ask people to raise their hands. I mean, I mean, probably most people here are affected by a broken home. So guys, if you think about this, if your mom you know, you grew up and the way that you were hurt was like your mom was sleeping around. She had like a different boyfriend every couple months. And you're like, man, that's what hurt me. And then you go to uh, bitterness, you get bitter, and then you go to rebellion. And then your deception looks like this. You say, you know what? My mom hurt me like this. That's how all women are. I'll never trust them again, right? If you're a girl, same situation. You go through the same thing. You get hurt the same way. You choose to be bitter. You rebel, and then you get into this deception. You say, my mom did this. That's how all women are. This must be who I am, right? It's like real deception. Guys, there are girls like, if your dad is the one that hurt you, I, these are like pretty common ones, so that's why I'm saying these, but if your dad's the one that hurt you, he said he just abandons your family. He says, hey, I, don't, I, I just don't feel the same way that I felt before, right? And then you're like, oh, okay. You, you start to learn that love is a feeling, it's not a choice, okay? You start to believe that. You got hurt. You start to get bitter. You rebel, and then your deception says, all guys are like this. Love is a feeling. If I don't love this person, if I don't feel love for this person anymore, we're done. This is who I am, right? And, and you become what you behold. You become who you hate the most if you're bitter, okay? So, do deception is crazy. Do not think that it is someone else's res responsibility how you respond to hurt. Okay? It's not. It is your responsibility. It's how you choose to respond. So, the way this works is hurt, bitterness, rebellion, deception, and then all the ones in between. So, it's kind of like a cycle. It's also, it could be hurt, rebellion, you know, it's maybe not this exact um, way to go through it step by step. But all these things are a factor in it. And all these things continue on forever as long as you choose to be bitter. Okay? You have to, in order to get out of this cycle, it's up to you to break it. Okay? The end. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, so I said that you had two choices. When you get hurt, we all got hurt, right? Everybody thought about that. You're still probably thinking about it. You might be getting hot inside and you're like, yes, I'm hurt. Because you're bitter. But I talked about another way out, right? Another way out is after you've been hurt, another thing to choose to be or to do is called forgiveness. Okay? Forgiveness. I've been thinking about it for a couple months. I think forgiveness and bitterness are the only responses to hurt. I think bitterness is one, and I think forgiveness is one, and I don't think you can do both. 
It takes a long time. So I'm going to tell you a couple things. Uh, the band can come up here, and I'm pretty much be done. Um, so forgiveness starts here. We talked about this bitterness cycle. Oh, I think it's up here. So first, this is your homework slash classwork. Um, yeah, make a list of the people who have hurt you. Then write down each thing they have done to hurt or offend you. And this will not be fun. This is very, very, it kind of stirs up a lot of stuff inside you and it helps you remind, remind you of like a lot of her things that have happened to you. And it's not going to be fun. <laughs> but neither is being bitter, okay? So this is the way out. Think about it. What am I upset about? What has hurt me so deeply? And and when I say root of bitterness, you got to go down deep. It can't just be like, oh, well, they said this to me. It's like, man, why why would that bother you so much? It's like deeper than that, right? It's deeper, deeper, deeper. Keep going deeper and find out why you are bitter. <laughs> Second thing is make a list of what you have done to wrong or hurt that person back. Make a list of your rebellion. That's also not going to be fun. Um, but after this, it'll start being good, okay? Don't worry. Um, make a list of what you've done to wrong or hurt that person back. C.S. Lewis says, regarding our sins, our excuses aren't as good as we think. And regarding sins against us, the excuses are actually better than we think. <laughs> like, we were kind of blinded by, like, our hurt, right? And so... That's what we have to do. We have to make a list of what we've done. And that'll get us out of deception. Because we no longer see them as the only ones with sin in their lives or the ones that have hurt someone. We start to see ourselves for what we really are. Okay? Then the, la or the, the, the third thing is to look and see what you have done to hurt the Lord. It's probably mostly pretty close to the second thing. But this is crazy, y'all. God suffers just like we do. God's a person. He's been hurt. If you think about the suffering of God, like, I, I don't even, like, what does that even look like? There's certain things that I, that I hear, and I'm like, oh, yeah, God rested. I'm like, what would it even be like for God to rest? But, like, suffering of God, like, what is that even like? How deep could that be? Like, if he is an infinite person, he feels infinitely like his hurt is infinite. That's crazy. That's really, really, really crazy. So he suffers just like we do, but he's never chosen to be bitter. He always chooses to forgive. He always chooses to forgive. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this. It says, God made him, he's talking about Jesus, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So bitterness robs the cross of its power. When we don't forgive someone. The Bible says, he who has been forgiven much loves much. And he who loves much forgives much. When we choose to be bitter, we, we rob the cross of its power. We rob Jesus of what he did for us. He came down, suffered way worse than we did. And he took my terrible, ugly, filthy sin and opened a door for me to be reconciled with the Father. 
So there's hope in this. There's real hope in this. There's, there's hope in a person, and he is Jesus. The coolest thing about this verse to me is that Jesus didn't just take something away. God's always in the business of, like, giving, right? He gives good gifts. And so Jesus just didn't come and take away our sin. He came to give us his righteousness so we could look more like him. That's so cool. I've never thought about that before. He puts it on us. He puts his righteousness on us, and he holds out hope as long as we decide to forgive. And that takes humility, trust, and obedience. And the last thing you could do tonight, you could do tomorrow. Some of y'all, some of these steps are going to take a lot longer. Um, so, yeah, I've... Uh, I read this book, and it, and it, and it kind of, like, gave, gave a couple of these steps. It's called Death by Love. It's a really good book by Mark Driscoll. Um, but he says, I, I read this probably, I don't know, like, like, two months ago, something like that. And was it longer? Yeah, it was, like, four months ago, y'all. And I still, like, for real, almost every day am, like, oh, shoot, I'm bitter about this. Like, I'll watch, we were watching a movie that I think we watched, like, I don't know something and 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 the guy was like oh i can't i can't do that and i was like he's bitter like like you'll start to see it in other people and you're like oh no like but you'll see because you see it in yourself you're like oh i'm bitter and and you you start to get frustrated with someone and you're like how could they do this to me and it's it seems like a sense of justice but if there's no forgiveness there really is no justice so ask god Pray and ask forgiveness from God and from man, okay? From God and from man. (laughs) That may mean in order for you to be forgiven, you have to forgive somebody. Whether that's in your heart, whether you have to go tell them, you know, if they're gone or or something like that, then then maybe you can't tell them, but it it, it really is asking God to forgive them. Asking him to let you be okay with him forgiving them. C.S. Lewis says it really well. He says, Christianity, following Jesus, does not want us to reduce by one atom the hatred we feel for cruelty and treachery. We ought to hate them. Not one word of what we have said about them needs to be unsaid. But it does not want us to hate them in the same way. Sorry. But it does want us to hate them in the same way in which we hate things in ourselves, being sorry for that the man should have done such things and hoping if it is any way possible that somehow, sometimes, somewhere, he can be cured and made human again. So when we ask God for forgiveness for ourselves, that's the same forgiveness that we're asking for someone that hurt us. And when we get to that point, this cycle, the cycle that we talked about all night, is completely broken. It's just hurt, forgiveness. And you might go through it again. But there's hurt and there's forgiveness. And you know it's true because you can love someone even more. He who is forgiven much loves much. So as we worship, (laughs) I feel I wouldn't ask you to do something I wouldn't ask myself to do. So I did say a lot, but take this seriously. Ask God to speak to you. Ask him to use you in a way to build forgiveness in your life. 
to plant a root of forgiveness, uproot the root of bitterness, and to, and to harvest fruit of the Spirit in you. Jesus, we love you. Thank you, Father, for... Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for forgiving us, God, for what we've done to, to hurt you, for what we've done to hurt other people, Father God, and what we've done to hurt other people back because they hurt us, Jesus. Thank you for loving us enough and not choosing to be bitter, but to forgive us and love us and die for us, to take away our sin and to give us your righteousness. Father, thank you. In your name I pray, amen.